2: Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
3: I think people have this image of what they think a international development trip would be. You think every morning we're going to be building schools, but it ends up being one maybe three-hour session, if you feel like it, where you can stay back and relax. And then you get there and you're like, oh, this is a five-star accommodation. There's a private chef. Oh, they've flown wine in from France for these people. Like, the resort centers in the Amazon, in the Masamara, in Kenya, and in Rajasthan, they're stunning. And like the seaside, when we're done our tours, we would go seaside and go to the ocean in Tarriana, And that was your come down after your strenuous time building these schools for these poor, starving children in Africa. And we just need to just go and decompress and have our own personal bartender. I remember looking around and I'm like, how, how, how does this work? How do, like, how do you have like, Oh, this was given to us. Sorry, someone gave you a seaside resort? Okay, sure. And you just, you go with it. You get all the pictures. You get all the Instagram shots. You get all the kids surrounding you. You get the like, look at me with my trowel and my brick, like brick by brick, building the school, like we said. And you look like a hero.
4: That's what it was like for a former WE organization employee who we are calling Chris on an overseas trip to do charity work with the Kilburger brothers and their VIP guests. But not every voluntarist got this five-star treatment. That experience was mostly reserved for wealthy donors, celebrities, and of course, the WE organization's corporate partners. For executives of major corporations, the WE organization offered more than first-class vacations to struggling countries. They offered a radical approach to philanthropy. What if charity could be a whole new way to get rich? From Canada Land Podcasts, this is The White Saviors.
5: The WE organization is excited to team up with our friends at TELUS. Unilever, WE organization, we're both enablers. This is where Allstate has been so amazing. And we're honored to have a long-standing partnership with KPMG. We want to announce a new partnership with Dow to bring some exciting programs right here for your school.
6: If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com.
4: My name is Olusola Adeogo. The blending of for-profit and non-profit is common in many parts of Africa. In fact, some multinational companies like oil and pharmaceutical corporations have African NGOs of their own set up to help the communities impacted by their industrial activities It helps the image of the corporations, and it helps community leaders who receive significant funds to participate. But in my experience, it is unclear what the ultimate benefit is to the people in the communities themselves who can lose the ability to raise their voices against misconduct or negative consequences from industry. However, in North America, charity and industry are supposed to be more distinct, but the WE organization proudly erased that distinction. Today, you will hear how the Kielburger brothers went from boycotting businesses to helping them. You will learn why some of the world's biggest companies decided that giving away millions of dollars to WE charity was a good way to keep making billions. Finally, You will hear how the WE organization crossed a line no one could have imagined when 12-year-old Craig Kilberger first launched his crusade against child labor. The WE organization transformed radically over the years, but right from the start, it challenged the practices of traditional charities. Here's Craig Kilberger remembering his frustration when he first reached out to an established charity when he was a child to ask how he could get involved. And,
5: and one group actually said to me, well, do you know where your parents keep their credit card? Then that's how you can help. And that was the traditional old-fashioned model of charity. You do your one-time donation, one-time act of volunteerism. And so we said, no, no, we want to change this. We want to make doing good doable. His big brother, Mark, also saw limitations to the old-fashioned
4: model of charity.
7: In the drive to do good, we confronted outdated models and prohibitions. Federal law restricts how a Canadian charity earns their income. In response, we incorporated me Too we social enterprises. Registered
4: charities are regulated by the government. They are subject to a high degree of oversight and accountability. It's much easier and more private to operate a for-profit business.
7: At Wee, we make doing good doable, and we're proud to be doing it differently. How do we do it? Well, for a start, we're not your traditional nonprofit. We're disrupting the charitable landscape and finding new ways to tackle the root causes of issues.
4: As the WE organization evolved, both brothers used the language of Silicon Valley tech moguls, describing themselves as disruptive entrepreneurs. They embraced the term social entrepreneurship and became champions of the concept.
7: We are social entrepreneurs. Social enterprise combines the social mission of a nonprofit with the market-driven approach of a business. It's an important new movement in business and entrepreneurship, and it's changing the world.
4: At first, changing the world through social enterprise meant selling things like T-shirts and trips and returning half of the profits to their charity. But over time, It increasingly meant teaming up with large businesses on
5: custom campaigns. With all state support, the idea of We Volunteer Now came together.
1: I'm so excited to present to you our partnership with Flipgrid and our newest project, the We Disco Library. Change lives with the We RBC virtual visa debit.
4: According to the We organization, whether an initiative came from We charity or from the Me to We business, the end result was the same.
7: Our cutting-edge program makes WE a little bit more complicated, but it makes us stronger and allows us to make an even greater impact both at home and abroad.
4: For youth volunteering for the WE organization at school, like Pippa Bido, the distinction could be non-existent.
8: I had no idea that they were in any way fiscally separate, that the trips were for-profit. I did not know that voluntourism could be for-profit that it, it didn't fit into my understanding of what philanthropy was and how philanthropy worked. Um, and the idea that a entity could be making a profit off of selling the idea of doing good wasn't something that I had any understanding of. That's It's a pretty high level concept that not many Uh, 15 year olds are equipped to process. And I've been studying what they do for over five years now. And I still have trouble articulating to people where the for profit starts and the nonprofit ends. And if I'm still having trouble articulating it to people, how in the world is a 12 year old supposed to understand it?
4: People who worked for the We organization had a better understanding of that distinction. But many of them were still uncomfortable about how
2: management blurred the lines between the two entities. Here is reporter Jaren Kerr. So, my sources who had worked at We Charity say they felt like they went to work for a philanthropy but ended up working for a for profit company. Jaren learned that workers
4: hired by We Charity were expected to do work for the for profit. Me? to We. Some found it hard to figure out where one organization ended
2: and the other began. We has said that they have separate offices for Me To We and We Charity, but they've admitted that the two have shared office space. They admit that they share an IT team. They admit that they share a human resources team. And they admit that some of their employees do work for both sides of the organization. And many sources I've spoken to fit that description. So even on LinkedIn, it's just called WE. It's a very hard thing to decipher when they're separate and when they're together. The confusion
4: was not just about whether something was for profit or for charity. Even within strictly charitable efforts, things got complicated. Here's reporter Jesse Brown. In terms of the actual charity work that the WE
9: organization does, Most people think right away of their international development work, building schools, uh, providing clean water, helping needy children in other countries. What's less well-known is the fact that the WE organization's charitable mandate changed over the years. It expanded to include charity for children at home. So that's domestic programs aimed at kids in Canada and the U.S. And not necessarily underprivileged kids. Sometimes these are wealthy kids who go to private school. The same kids who give charity to WE get charity from WE. Things like anti-bullying campaigns, mental wellness initiatives, encouraging kids to become good citizens and and voters when they grow up. All of that is charity. And one concern that we discovered about that is that it does not seem like some of the kids who were in WE clubs understood that.
8: Yeah, I was absolutely not aware that their mandate expanded, honestly, beyond assisting children in what I knew as then the quote-unquote third world. In my mind, every dollar that we donated was helping a kid. That was my understanding of the situation. And I think one of the things that we charity is very good at is really inspirational messaging that emphasizes enthusiasm above details. I saw the pictures of predominantly black and brown kids receiving things. I saw the letters or drawings that we received every now and then from ostensibly those kids and didn't ask anything beyond that.
4: At WE Days, thousands of children are praised for their own acts of charity. They are told that they are powerful change makers, helping poor kids in Kenya, India, and Ecuador. But in truth, We Days are not fundraiser concerts to raise money for charity. We Days are charity. And the kids in the crowd are the ones receiving it. Charity from major corporations.
7: To make We Day possible, we also partner with incredible companies to ensure that all the programming is free and accessible. We believe that companies have a fundamental responsibility to help create a more just and humane world.
9: So WE Day is classified as domestic charity work. So is WE Schools, this big program that provides free curriculum for teachers to use in their classrooms, free teaching resources and lessons. The money to pay for these resources often comes from the WE organization's corporate partners. And in return, those companies receive a very rare benefit. This is something that big corporations really can't otherwise do for any amount of money. And that is market themselves to kids inside their classrooms.
5: Ford of Canada is pleased to partner with schools across our country and we charity. Microsoft and we share a vision to empowering students and teachers to achieve more and to be a force for good.
3: They're giving curriculum that is attached to corporate partners that is literally advertising two students in schoolrooms promoted by teachers. And so when they say they're giving curriculum, they're still promoting a revenue stream for themselves because they can still say that RBC logo will still show up in that grade six classroom so that students, when they give change for that campaign, will still talk about the amazing benefits of RBC, and they will still put out their hashtags for TELUS to end bullying. They will still talk about volunteering for Allstate.
0: It was less about creating good in the world, and it was most about simply providing some big Canadian corporations like RBC, TELUS, General Mills, Tech Mining, providing them with a way to reach the demographic of kids.
4: Jorge Amigo worked for the Wii organization in 2014 as a content strategist. He was hired to help develop an app for kids in partnership with Canadian telecom giant TELUS called WE365. From the beginning, Craig Kielberger had very big plans for the app. Kids were going to check in every day, completing challenges and getting rewards.
7: Your favorite celebs are challenging you to change the world.
0: I challenge you to shave your head to fundraise for cancer research. I challenge you to
3: eat
5: a hot pepper to raise awareness for global warming.
1: Whatever your cause, take a challenge and get it noticed. Download the We365 app for free and change the world one challenge at a time. Each download helps give goats to provide income to families in developing countries.
7: Get We365. Change the
4: world. It was an ambitious project, and Craig was busting with ideas for it. Craig
0: wrote up what he envisioned the app to be. And essentially, he wanted an app that did everything, that Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, banking app. So he wanted, like, the the everything app. But the beautiful thing is that he doesn't use smartphones. So this is a guy who didn't use smartphones. He had two secretaries with him all the time. He had two personal secretaries. And they're the ones who answered to his text messages because Craig doesn't touch smartphones, that's what everyone told us.
4: The project did not go smoothly. One day, Jorge noticed a new worker had set up a desk in his workplace, overseeing him and his team.
0: The entire operation was to satisfy corporate partners. They allowed Telus to place a communications manager or a marketing manager or a person from their team working inside of our office. Literally, there was a Telus employee, her name's Trish. And she was sitting in our office every day spying everything we did and making sure that everything we did was according to what TELUS wanted us to do. So it's like we had a an external <laughs> manager slash spy that was there just making sure that everything we did was TELUS approved.
4: Jorge says that We organization had promised TELUS big sign-up numbers for the app. They had a unique strategy for motivating downloads. For every sign-up, they would immunize a child overseas. At some point, we did get like 10,000 signups or 15,000 signups.
0: And of course, we didn't go out and inoculate 15,000 kids. There was no trace of that. That was just an empty promise. Literally, it was just a marketing tool that we used with zero plan as to how we were going to actually do that. And, and nobody cared that that wasn't a reality.
9: Jorge wasn't the only one who told us about this. We spoke with a colleague of his and another former We employee who knew about the We365 app from a much higher level, and nobody knew of any practical mechanism or, or tracking plan or, or, or anything real to link downloads to inoculations. We also spoke to people who were involved in carrying out development work for Wii overseas, And they too had no awareness that their work vaccinating kids depended on how many kids in North America downloaded an app. So I asked the WE organization about this, and their response was, we do not have a fraudulent vaccination scheme in Africa. That is not really what anyone was saying had happened. Nobody we spoke with disputed that we had inoculation programs overseas. We know that they do. But the idea that they marketed that if a kid in New Jersey downloads their app, then a kid in Kenya gets a vaccine. That's the part that people questioned. And they wondered, you know, what if we had hit its goal of 500,000 downloads or exceeded it and hit 10 million downloads, which popular social media apps achieve all the time? Well, nobody knew of any plan to then drastically and instantly scale up and provide 10 million inoculations. There's no evidence of that. That might've been a good thing because the implication of their marketing was also that if you don't download their app, well, then that's one kid overseas who won't get the vaccination that they need. And happily, there's no evidence that they denied any kids medicine when their app failed to meet its targets. And according to Jorge Amigo, it did fail to meet its targets.
0: So they were used to manipulating kids, launch campaigns or save things to simply manipulate kids to do things we weren't hitting any of the metrics or any of the goals that Craig invented and set out for us to hit. We had promised all these goals to tell us. So the idea was, oh, yeah, we're gonna have 100,000 users by the first two months, and we're gonna, like, could be very big goals. So because we weren't hitting any of them, and Craig was feeling the heat from Telus, who we was spending a lot of money.
4: That's when Jorge it was asked to keep the client happy, no matter what.
0: We were just essentially inventing all the, all the impact numbers and inventing all the, all the metrics just to appease
4: them. The WE organization denies that any of this ever happened. At some point a few years later, WE 365 quietly disappeared from app stores. The Killbuggers mixed business into their charity, but they also sold charity to businesses. Here's Craig Kielburger delivering a speech to a group of business leaders.
5: Just recently I was on a flight traveling from Beijing back to Toronto. This man sat next to me on the plane and he held out his hand and introduced himself and said that he's in business. He said he was in real estate development and import export and he helped start up a couple tech companies. This man was a born entrepreneur is how he described himself. And he looked at me and said, so what do you do? I back at him and I said, I'm in the non-profit. He said he'd read all the books, Good to Great, Built to Last. He'd gone to all the workshops and the seminars, studied every company, a type of industry, except he had never heard of anything like the nonprofit world. And in the end, we ended up chatting about how some of the ideas from the nonprofit world could apply to the for profit world in his business. And he took this deep breath and he said, That's the most interesting business model I ever heard.
4: Craig and Max saw in their own organization how powerful it was to have workers who believe in what they are doing, who see it as more than a job, but as a mission. What if workers at large corporations could also be convinced that their work served a greater good? They decided to market this insight to the business world. Here is a paid speech by Mark.
7: How are you going to keep your workforce engaged, retained, active, and motivated? It all comes down to what kind of meaning and what kind of purpose can you provide them? So you have all these incredibly intelligent people with MBAs and law degrees who are applying for these ridiculously low salaries, and they want to these jobs more than ever.
4: Highly intelligent people with business and law degrees will work for ridiculously low salaries if they believe their jobs have meaning and purpose. That might work for a children's charity, but how can you convince the workers at an insurance company or a breakfast cereal manufacturer that their work has such purpose? The Killbuggers had an answer for that, too. They laid it out in their business book, We Economy. Facebook executive Sheryl Sandberg wrote the forward, and Virgin Corporation billionaire Richard Branson wrote the epilogue. Here's Craig explaining how corporate workers can
5: profit through nonprofit. If you're in a company, volunteer to join the nonprofit committee. Why? Because you'll often meet people in different stratospheres in the company, often senior management are involved. Great chance to network. If you're dreaming up an idea, Well, stand up for a cause. I promise it's a great way to immediately get noticed and if you make your CEO look good, I promise he or she will recognize you. And one of the ways to make that CEO look good is make sure the company stands for a cause. CEOs love that. So when you're starting your business as an entrepreneur, if you infuse purpose, you can cut your message away from louder, bigger ad budgets. You can be that scrappy, viral, ready to change the world that innovates, drives forward. So whether you're looking for your first job, whether you are creating a first company, whether you're looking for how you can start merging purpose and profit together, this book's for you.
4: But the big takeaway in the economy that keeps coming up is that a surefire way for a large corporation to inject meaning into their employees' work and combine profits with purpose is to partner with a charity like the We Organization. Mark has called this the halo effect.
9: If you unpack this concept of the halo effect, what it means is that if someone has a halo, which means that they're essentially considered an angel, well, if that person and the organization that they represent, if they're willing to partner with you and your organization, if they're willing to pose for pictures with you, to welcome your CEO to their events, to create videos with you and, and so on, well, you will end up looking a bit like an angel too. The glow of their figurative halo will brighten up your public image. That's the halo effect. And what we saw as we reported on the WE organization's corporate partnerships is that some companies were more in need of that service than others. We obtained internal WE organization reports that told us who their top corporate partners were in a given year and how much they paid or donated in that year. These were large sums, no less than a million dollars and as high as $7.2 And what we noticed is that many of the companies on that list had very tarnished reputations. Their biggest partner that year was Allstate Insurance. Now, prior to the partnership, Allstate had been investigated by the American Association for Justice, who named it the worst insurer for consumers in America. They revealed that Allstate had a terrible track record of refusing to pay claims to policyholders. So that's who Allstate was before they got into partnership with WE. But through their partnership with WE, Allstate was not the worst insurer in America. It was the insurer whose CEO hands out cash grants to amazing kids in order to empower the youth to become compassionate leaders.
0: Today is going to be awesome. We brought youth from all around the country to come here to make a pitch for an all-state We Volunteer Now grant. I raise money for an orphanage in Ghana. Jacob, I'm Tom Wilson, I'm the CEO of All. <laughs> I've been backstage here listening to you. I know you came here for a $250 grant, mm-hmm. but I think we need to make it a little bigger.
9: Tech Resources was another We Organization partner. They are a massive Canadian mining and fossil fuel company, and they also came into their partnership with the We Organization with a damaged reputation. <laughs>
8: Breaking news out of BC, coal company Tech Coal has been fined $60 million for contaminating the elk and fording rivers in southern BC back in 2012. It's the largest fine ever under the Fisheries Act, we're following that story.
9: But through their partnership with the WE organization, they were not portrayed as the coal company that contaminates our water. They were the Canadian company that saves children's lives by fighting zinc deficiency.
6: Did you know that
1: 450,000 children die each year because they don't have access to zinc they need? So when I found out from tech that in one AA battery can treat six children, I knew that I could help. That's all you have to do to save a child's life.
5: Thank you so much, Emma. You are making a big difference. And our pledge at tech is to use something as simple as batteries to make an impact. Thank you very much, We Day Canada.
4: Another We charity partner was
2: Dow Chemical. Here is reporter Jaron Kerr. What they do have is a very poor environmental record. And napalm and Agent Orange, those chemical weapons that were used in the Vietnam War, those are manufactured by Dow.
5: So I'm going to ask you to join me in giving a round of applause in a second to a CEO who's been with the company. A CEO means a really, really big deal who has been with the company for 40 years. For a decade, he's led and shepherded this company that is deeply committed not only to Michigan, but to America and around the world. So please join me in giving a round of applause to the chief executive officer of Dow. Andrew, please come on up here.
9: Again and again, we saw the WE organization partnering up with these tarnished brands. And working together with them on very sophisticated marketing campaigns that explicitly were about changing the way the public perceives these companies. To be clear, this is not my opinion that the WE organization was selling companies essentially marketing services. This is something that was explicit in the brochures. There are WE organization sales documents that we obtained. They even conducted market research to prove their point. The way that they sold themselves for partnerships, the way that they sold the idea of donating to We Charity was that if you work with them, teenagers will be more likely to view your company as relatable, cool, and trustworthy, and that teens and also their parents will be significantly more likely to have a positive view of your corporation. So this was a key sales point, that they could change the way that young people think of your brand. And they ran a program called Mobilizers, which the WE organization used to prove just how much influence they had with the youth. Mobilizers was kind of an online army of youth volunteers who would get sent instructions. They would be told to go and mobilize on social media and promote different messages, which the WE organization provided to them. And that included promotional comments about how much these young people loved one of Wee's corporate partners. What inspires me to mobilize?
1: I mobilize because I choose
0: to be the change. I mobilize because I want to give a voice to others. Join the mob.
4: But of all the partners the WE organization accepted, perhaps none was as troubling as this. Hershey's Chocolate faced a reputation crisis in 2012 when youth protesters took to the streets to denounce what the world had learned.
1: Police.
2: and then there's hershey's their chocolate products contain cocoa farmed by children in west african countries like uh, ghana and the ivory coast and some of those child laborers are the ones who are commonly referred to as slaves
9: so the way that the partnership worked was you would walk into a walgreens and you'd see a large bright blue display case with both we organization and hershey's branding on the display case. And it was filled with candy, Hershey's kisses and chocolate bars. And along the top of the display case, there was a photo which the Wii organization has used in a lot of their different materials. It's a photo of a beautiful, smiling African boy who's holding up a leafy green plant. And also on the display case were the words, together with Hershey's, Walgreens helps children, here and everywhere.
4: And that's where the Meet a we logo was placed. Hershey's was not the only one. The WE organization also partnered with the giant consumer goods company, Unilever. The companies that confirmed to Amnesty
3: that they use palm oil from Wilmar's Indonesian refineries include Unilever. And they don't appear to be doing the checks to make sure that the palm oil they use has been produced free from human rights
8: abuses.
2: Unilever was found by Amnesty International to be a massive purchaser of palm oil made by child laborers in Indonesia. WE works with companies that use child labor and sometimes WE's logo, you know, literally their brand symbolizing their status as a virtuous organization. It's used to help these companies sell products made by children who are literal slaves. It's
9: hard to think of a greater contradiction for the WE organization than to partner with companies that are connected to child labor and child slavery. Craig, of course, began his career as an activist by leading boycotts against products that were made by children. And now his own organization's logo was helping to sell products made by children. They were telling shoppers that buying these products would actually help children. And when our investigation revealed this, well, their first response surprised us. They simply denied that they had a partnership with Hershey's at all. But after we published our story, which included photographic evidence that proved that there was a partnership, they changed their approach. And they released this fascinating response video that reframed the whole story of the Kielbergers and of the WE organization.
1: Let me tell you a story. In 1995, then 12-year-old Craig Kielberger was flipping through the newspaper looking for the comics. He was struck by a story on the front page. Craig knew he had to help. They first tried to fight child labor overseas by kicking down doors and rescuing children from factories, but it did not work. Soon after, the same children returned to work. They were so poor. Craig and Mark needed to find another way. As experts in child labor, they knew they could have an even bigger impact. They started to work with a small number of carefully selected companies which were doing the right thing. These companies were committed to eliminating child labor from their supply chain, Craig, Mark, and the team wanted to support these companies and leaders achieve this ambitious goal by 2020.
9: And so once again, with the help of the WE organization, Hershey's was no longer the company whose chocolate bars are made by child slaves. They became the company that was carefully selected by a leading children's charity because they are so committed to eliminating
4: child labor. It is true that Hershey's made a public commitment to eliminate child labor from their supply chain by 2020. It is also true that 2020 came and went and cocoa in their chocolate is still farmed by children. where the WE organization claims to have helped the most African children is Kenya, the flagship nation for the Kielburger's international development model. It's also a country where the Kielburger family made millions.
1: Corruption, blackmail,
8: illegal cash transfers.
7: What's always in it for a journalist that kills a story? Money.
8: Death threats. Right
7: now, all by the had a chance shoot
0: the motherfucker dead, right now my
5: guys tonight of this guy i joking So Pete how can I help?
4: That's on the next episode of The White Saviors The White Saviors is written by Mark Slotsky Narration and script assistance by me Olushola Adiogo. Production by Jesse Brown and Kevin Sexton Mixing and Sound Design by Chandra Bulukom. This series is based on reporting by Jaren Kerr, Jesse Brown, Jonathan Goldsby, and many others. For more details on this story, including a list of our source material, full articles and complete responses from the Wee organization, visit canadaland.com/whitesaviors. Like the white saviors, please subscribe and review.
5: A couple of years ago, a cop was shot dead on a deserted pier in the tiny nation of Belize. The only other person there that night was a frightened young woman found covered in blood. By all appearances, it was an open and shut case.